Alright, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, October 10th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, we had two new movies open and wide release this weekend. And, uh, well, you know, didn't go exactly, exactly as we predicted. But uh, we'll get into it now. So why don't you give us a little plow for the weekend of Friday, October 7th, 2022. Number one, Smile, $17.6 million, down only 22%. It added nine theaters. It's at $49.8 million in its second weekend. Number two, a newbie, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, made $11.5 million in its first frame. Number three, another newbie, Amsterdam made $6.5 million in its first frame. And number four, The Woman King made $5.3 million, also only down 22%. It lost 162 theaters. It's at $54.1 million in its fourth frame. And rounding out the top five, Don't Worry Darling made $3.4 million, down 49%. It lost 797 theaters. It's at $38.4 million in its third weekend. That's your top five. Yeah, I mean, uh, interesting top five. And then just a little note on the stuff below it. Um, Avatar, still in over 2,000 theaters, just a hair over 2,000 theaters. And that is still rolling along. Avatar 2 is just going to be a monster. People still love this Avatar stuff. Barbarian, still... Amazing holds only dropped twenty three percent. This movie's up to thirty six and a half million total. It's it's going to hit forty, which is just wild for a movie at that size. And mm. as predicted, Bros is just dropping off the face of the earth. It's down to, uh, made two point one million this week, eight point eight. I mean, this is it is a disaster. It it is it is what it is. Um, yeah, I think this movie's going to make. 10 million right that's that's what it's looking like it's probably gonna make 10 or 11 yeah and that'll be where it tops out on its way to peacock soon i mean that's the little in the hallway debate you and i were having before we got on air is when does bros drop on uh drop on peacock and Mm -hmm. i think it's gonna be sooner rather than later i think if halloween ends wasn't dropping on peacock this friday it's day and date opening on october 14th i do think there'd be a chance bros would be a surprise hey you know ftf for the fans we're putting this on peacock immediately i think Mm -hmm. only because of halloween ends already being on peacock bros will probably not drop there so quickly but we'll see nice well we'll see well is there anything underneath number nine is terrifier 2 which is a sequel to a horror movie that I've never seen, but it made 825,000 in 886 theaters. And that's its first weekend. So this is a nice little niche limited release. Yeah. I mean, it's doing it's distributed for Shocktober. It's distributed by Bloody Disgusting. So it's distributed by what is sort of a horror fan website, which yeah. you don't see, you know. But I guess you have seen, uh, you know, stuff like BuzzFeed is had pictures in there so you're starting to get websites produce movies but this is pretty big deal i mean for bloody disgusting this is as good as as you could expect for them to get something in the top 10 and going up against a juggernaut Mm -hmm. like smile yes and a holdover like barbarian good for terrifier too yes yes and and you know uh friend of the show at the new flesh podcast you know we we've had uh We've had them on the show before. They they're great. They talk a lot about Terrifier too on their podcast. They've been saying that this is possibly the most brutal, most violent, uh, most uh, you know, completely disgusting horror movie that has ever had a wide release at major theater chains. I have not seen this movie, but according to them, Terrifier two because Terrifier apparently was really brutal. The original. And wow. Terrifier 2 is as brutal, and it's also, I think, two and a half hours, so it's got just more brutality. So that is the word on this movie, is that it is as brutal as anything that has ever been at an AMC. 
I'm intrigued. Yes. I'm totally intrigued. Yes. Now, speaking of a movie that is brutal, but not as brutal as Terrifier 2, I guess. Mm -hmm. And this drop is not brutal. This drop is uh, beautiful. Oh, my God, this drop. It's insane, this movie's drop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Smile, 17.6, down only 22%. This is the smallest drop for a horror movie other than the great get out mm -hmm. which only dropped 15 million dollars mm -hmm. i mean sorry 15 percent mm -hmm. and here's what i want to applaud us for okay okay we were high on the smile opening last weekend mm -hmm. and i think we were ahead of the curve mm -hmm. we knew this thing was going to be big yes and the only reason we didn't pick it as number one is because we thought Lyle Lyle Crocodile was going to do like 20 or 19. Yes, yes. We thought Rats Need Their Cheese, et cetera, et cetera. So Lyle Lyle Crocodile failed us. Yes, yes. And Smile did not because we both thought that this was a doable number for Smile. We thought this drop could be really, really low mm -hmm. because it's Shocktober. Yep. People really enjoyed this film. You enjoyed it. The The screenings have been amazing for this film. It's the reason why it's gone theatrical mm -hmm. is because of screenings. Same thing happened to Barbarian. Gee, it's interesting how um, movies tend to be better and liked more when they're seen in a theatrical setting huh. with groups of people. That seems odd. I, didn't we? I thought. I guess it's something that we never knew. Oh, no. We always knew right. that. We always knew that. We always knew that. And, and it, it's. It's just to sh shows you this is the only way to get true sustainable buzz and enthusiasm for mm -hmm. a movie is to put it in theaters. Because this exact same movie, this exact same smile, these exact same smilers, if this dropped on Paramount Plus or, on, God forbid, on Netflix, there would be nobody talking about this movie at this moment. Nobody. Nope. Nobody. Nobody is talking about Hocus Pocus 2. That just dropped a week ago on streaming. No one cares yes. anymore. Smile is going to be something that now stays in the conversation. More importantly, stays in the money for yes. the next month. People are going to be talking about Smile. People are going to be buying tickets to Smile. Because when you spend money on something, you do think about it more. You do care about it more. You do... Uh, uh, it sticks with you more than something that is as passive as a streaming experience. So uh, listen, uh, obviously the B.O. boys are in favor of theatrical, but something like Smile is now a franchise. It will be a franchise. Mm, yes. There will be yes. eight Smile movies. There's It's going to get to the point, like every franchise, where, they, where at some point someone gets up and at a screening and they're like, next one, Smile in Space. Because it always mm -hmm. gets to a point where we predict the next movie has to be in space. Smile will get to the point where you'll predict that the next smile will be in space. That is how long these smile movies will run because this one is such a hit in theatrical. Yes. There will be a reboot. Uh, uh, there yes. will be a, uh, what did they say in, in uh, Five Cream? I guess they didn't a say requel, legacy a requel. Sequel, a requel. Right. There will be a smile requel. Right. I mean, all these things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, kudos to Paramount. Yes. They are just knocking it out of the park. There, There's so few. I mean, they're having a few rare misfires. I mean, you know, Pause of Fury, which was on the shelf for forever. They just had to release it to stop hemorrhaging money, right, right. it felt like. Right, right. So that was a rare loss for them. But they've just really been on this great winning streak. Oh, it's incredible. Another number one movie. And to, to go up against two new movies mm -hmm. and repeat mm -hmm. is just phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, $17.6 million in its second weekend. If Smile had made that in its first weekend, people would have been losing their minds mm -hmm. about what a success this movie was. I mean, yeah. if Smile had made $17.6 in its theatrical run, it would have probably been a success. Never mind yeah. its second weekend. I mean, Smile could be a saw, like, and, and I know the, the gravity of which I'm about to, uh, of the sentence I'm about to say, 
But Smile could be a Saw-like franchise for Paramount. At, uh, at the, I mean, at the least, I would say a final finals destination level franchise. Smile, obviously, yes, the sequel is yes. important because you could blow it in part two. But if mm-hmm. and, and we're jumping ahead a little bit, but if if Smile lands the plane in part two, then you're off to the races. Then you have a full on Final Destination, possibly Saw, possibly Paranormal Activity level franchise. Yes, because we saw a issue with the second movie not landing the plane mm-hmm. with the uh, what is that the one with the rooms the escape room escape room yeah escape room one this great sleeper hit they open up the door for a sequel even in that film mm-hmm. second one comes and goes now again there was some, you know, it was pandemic-y times, but still, that it was movie summer twenty twenty one. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a great time to release a, a new movie. But even that movie itself didn't take it to the next level it needed to go to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that is now a movie that I mean, they might make a movie, another movie that goes straight to streaming or whatnot, because it's still an IP that probably they'd want to use. But you're not seeing it as like here's an event. You know, Escape Room 3 is coming out, uh, you know, and on this date, and then 4 is coming out on the same date the next year. Yeah, yeah. Seeing I think Escape Room is definitely a, uh, a, the second one was a casualty of the time it was released. Okay. For sure. But I think that, and, and listen, Smile 2 has to deliver, but to me, this feels like they have such a shot now at having a horror franchise where, like you yeah. said, there's a smile every year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is, this is great to see, uh, horror comes through again. I mean, horror is just continues to be as reliable as it gets for theatrical. And I, if you're any studio out there, when you see the returns on barbarian and smile and probably what you're going to see on Halloween, uh, for Halloween, uh, ends ends every studio should be thinking how many low budget you know 10 to 10 to 15 million dollar horror movies can i get on my slate next year they should be they should be focusing on along with all the other stuff they're already making make some horror movies because people want to see horror in the theaters it is a fact and and you're you can't I, I I don't believe that with the success of Barbarian, mm-hmm. you know, 20th Century Studios, which is owned by Disney, they've got to be thinking, hmm, this is a good way to still make some money theatrically because these films cannot go to D+. Mm-hmm. Unless they do that long talked about, here's the adult area of D+, whatever. I think that's just too much confusion. Right. And then, of course, they do have Hulu. So Hulu is a place where these things can go. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell me that Disney and 20th Century aren't concocting ways to make other movies like Barbarian, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is crazy because when we were talking about that with the film's director mm-hmm. and uh, writer, it was like this was a new experience for for Disney mm-hmm. trying to promote this film. Right. And with Barbarian, they're getting their sea legs and they're going to be able to be better at it. Right. So right. you're going to see more horror movies from 20th Century Studios, I believe. If if not, it's a missed opportunity. Right, right. I mean, something like 20th Century Studios could end up turning into a New Line Cinema-esque horror shingle within Disney. Yes. Because, yes. Uh, I mean... It'll. We could get into one of the the two movies that opened this weekend. You look at something like Amsterdam, which was a, mm-hmm. a 20th century movie. You know, Fox had greenlit it, and and 20th century, and uh, you know, became a Disney division. I don't think you're necessarily going to see more and more Amsterdam movies getting greenlit within 20th century. You know, yeah. non IP, just old-fashioned, star-driven dramas. That is not the business Disney is in, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That was always the bread and butter of something like 20th Century Fox. And yeah. I don't think 
you're going to see as much of that, if any, in the next few years. I think I think the breakdown could end up being Fox Searchlight or Searchlight Pictures now within Disney. We'll keep churning out lower budget Oscar bait, you know, movie yes. stars who take a pay cut to be in a Oscar bait you know, faux indie movie. I think Searchlight mm-hmm. will continue putting that stuff out, getting a best picture nom nom every year. But I think something like 20th century may end up becoming, yeah, like a new line cinema in the eighties and nineties, sort of horror and low budget thriller shingle, which isn't the worst thing in the world because those movies still do well at, at the theaters, you know, barbarian and still it- works. And, you know, Disney doesn't seem to care really, but it continues a relationship with theatrical that isn't just when's the next Marvel movie. Right, 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 right. And it's a way of finding new writers and directors who then could be sucked into the Marvel Cinematic Universe because – Yeah, exactly. You totally nailed it there. Now, while we're talking about 20th century, let's just get Amsterdam out of the way. Let's do it. Which is – it felt like that was – 20th century's outlook on this movie from the start was let's get the Amsterdam out of the way. Absolutely, yeah. 6.5. It was what we thought it was. Mm-hmm. There, People did not want to see this movie. No, no. And I feel like there's not really much to say about it. I think there was an anticipation on my end with this movie when I first started seeing trailers because yes. I saw stars and I saw stars being able to do fun characters and right. you know we've talked about it before mike myers is in this movie and chris rock and taylor swift for a second and rami malik and all these robert you know, de niro you're seeing these robert de niro you're seeing all these you know from the war with grandpa yep. famously his most famous uh a uh, role well one of one of one of i mean listen <laughs> yeah. robert de niro at this moment is in a hot streak of the box office because his last big theatrical release was Warwick Grandpa, which was one of the biggest hits of 2020. Absolutely. So I was excited and then it started to wane. And it and for me it had nothing to do with the with the controversies or any of those internet-based things. I mean, the critics didn't like it, but it's like in a movie like this, like Critics do kind of matter yes. a little bit more. Yes. Like critics matter more here than they do with Smile or Lyle Lyle or, you know. Marvel movies. Even br- or even bros. Right. Right. Because right? th- what, what do critics know about comedy? Right. And so looking at those numbers, I was like, should would I rather see this or Smile, which is a winner. Right. Or go see some of the, you know, s- smaller release movies because I can, you know, the ones that are in limited release early because I'm, you know, coastal elite. I live in New York right. City. We like, could see Triangle of Sadness. We could see Tar. We do plan and, on seeing those in the next couple of days. So am I going to see Amsterdam or I'm going to see Tar? Exactly. Exactly. The question, it's not even a question at this point. Right. We're going to see Tar. Yes. I mean, the definitely critic and critic uh you know uh reviews and critical consensus and rotten tomato score and all that do matter on a movie like this when it is such a clear consensus you know the Mm -hmm. fact that it was 30 percent on rotten tomatoes everyone kind of saying the same thing and especially a movie like this that is one of those period comedies zany comedies where everyone's doing big performances, when you hear those stink, that Mm -hmm. really is hard to make an excuse to go see because a movie like that, if it's not clicking, is painful to watch, you know, Mm -hmm. is embarrassing to watch. I think of any time George Clooney does one of these types of movies, you know, when he does his, the couple of bad Coen Brothers movies that ever been made are usually George Clooney doing a like big grinning character, you know, intolerable cruelty type movies or, or Tom Leatherheads or leather. Well, yeah. Leatherheads or movies like, uh, what's the one that Matt Damon starred in that the Coens wrote and Clooney, did he direct uh, that one? I can see the poster, but I can't Subur- suburbia. Um, no, not suburbia. Suburbicon. Suburbicon, that type of movie, which Amsterdam falls into a Suburbicon, Leatherheads genre of movie. When that movie is bad, 
it is painful to watch. And it became mm-hmm. clear in the lead up to Amsterdam, this would be a painful experience. You know, yes. and movie audiences, they like to be scared. They like to uh, be shocked, but they don't like to be in physical pain. And when something like Amsterdam, one of these star-driven, zany, over-the-top, period piece comedies, when they're bad, that's painful. And that's the that's a kind of feeling that movie audiences do want to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Anthony D'Alessandro nailing it again, as he always does. Uh, on deadline, he comped this to the Lady Killers. Yeah. Oh, that's such Cohen a Brothers, that's such a rough comp. Much maligned Lady Killer, starring Tom Hanks, who was still pretty much on like a hot streak at that moment in two thousand four. Oh, he was r- right in the middle of it. Yeah. And it opened to twelve point six, so that just shows you how much difference there is between two thousand four and 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 now. But it ended its domestic run at forty million, and the Coens were on a hot streak at the moment too. Right. So. It, it, that is one of those broad movies that, like, what is there to actually, like, g- grab onto for a regular general audience? The, those type of movies don't really play big. Right, right. I mean, you look at the David O. Russell run of his three dramedy, you know, star-driven hits. We talked about in the preview episode, The Fighter, making in the $93 million domestic and American Hustle and uh, Silver Linings Playbook made, what, 130, 150 domestic each. I mean, incredible hits. But all of those were really well-reviewed. Mm-hmm. And they were just good movies that had good word of mouth. You know, Amsterdam, if it's bad, it was going to flop. And it wasn't just going to flop. It was going to flop incredibly because, again, that genre of movie is the toughest sell. That genre of movie has to be great for people to go see it. Yeah, it's akin to like horror comedy. Right. The, 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 the balance is so delicate. And even, listen, you can think about David O. Russell as, as a personality, as a director, or you know, as a person, what you want. I mean, director is in how he treats people on set. But- he has made movies people liked, and he has made movies that have had a good, consistent tone. And this movie, the fact that he didn't nail it, shows how difficult it is to nail it. Even the best. I mean, the Coens. Look at the Coens. They couldn't even nail this. This type of, yeah, it's a tough, It's a, but I, I really does make me think any kind of movie like this if you could imagine george clooney as the lead then mm, you've got trouble. a tough road to hoe and and now watching the you know i've only seen the trailer but watching the trailer mm-hmm. i could see george clooney playing the christian bale part yeah and that is troublesome that is troublesome that's a nice new rule that we should we should always do that when we're pro- prognosticating is what if clooney starred right and not to say clooney has been a, is a movie star, has made great movies and made hit movies, but there is a type of movie, you know, these zany period comedies that if George Clooney could be the guy in it, then mm-hmm. you're, you've got trouble. And Absolutely. I think Amsterdam is a type of movie, the zany period comedy that you could have imagined George Clooney doing. And yes. that is a big reason why this failed. Because he has his lane, Clooney has his lane, yes. and he's great in his lane. But when he, but the stuff that he likes is outside of that lane, yeah, yeah. and that's where we you have problems. Yeah, yeah. So and Amsterdam, listen, George Clooney's great, and he's not in this movie. Amsterdam no, is no, not no. Uh, uh, a miss on George Clooney's ledger at all. No. Does does okay? Let let's just real quick. So Amsterdam bombed. What are the effects, do you think, of Amsterdam bombing? I mean, $6.5 million, this movie is going to fall off the map immediately. It's going to do low tens. It's, it's, it's a disaster. Do you think there's, A, any ramifications for any of the actors in this? No, not at all. I agree. Uh, Bale, Bale was never a star. He's never, he's never been a butts-in-the-seats uh, star. He will... He's a star. He's not... Yeah. I mean, we could debate it. He's, he's a... I, He's had too many hits to, for me to say he's not a star. He's not a butts in. I, I don't think he's butts in seats. 
To, he's not Leo. He's he, not. No, he's not Denzel. Leo. He's not right. I mean, that's there's what we're talking tiers, about. Though. There's tears. There's tears. There's tears. Christian Bale's obviously on a, uh, a not a tier at that level, but he's on a tier of star. But I don't think this matters for him. This doesn't matter to him. No. Yeah. I, I don't think it affects John David Washington at all. I think he's still an up and comer. Yeah, it doesn't. He's someone who probably had the he had the most to gain from this, and I yes. think. It, it is unfortunate for John David Washington that you look a couple of years ago and you look at what he's got lined up and it's like he's the lead in the new Christopher Nolan movie. He's yes. the co-lead in the new David O. Russell star-driven movie. Mm, mm-hmm. And both of those movies bombed. Obviously, Tenet just... In its, such a victim. Such, such a, a victim, victim of the... Yeah. Of, it came out September of 2020. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. He was in a Nolan movie that bombed domestically, at least. I mean, it did make a lot internationally. But Tenet is not a win on anyone's ledger. No. And now Amsterdam is another one. So it's not like this is going to be blamed on Jan David Washington, obviously. But it's just another one of those big projects that doesn't propel him in a way mm-hmm. that you thought this could have been a project that would have propelled him up to another level. So so it's Christian Bale at this point is what he's always going to be. Yes. You know, he doesn't need more propelling. John David Washington is someone who, if Amsterdam had been, American Hustle had been Silver Linings Playbook, this propels him to another level of stardom. Now, Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. or Roby, she's one of those that I feel like she is going to get unlimited chances. And mm-hmm. I don't think a movie like Amsterdam is going to matter on her ledger No, if Barbie is a smash. Exactly. At this point, nothing – I mean, she's got that ba- – she's got Babylon coming out at the end of the year, which is more of an Oscar play. I mean, yeah, I don't absolutely. know if – you know, that could break out and be a David O. Russell-esque adult hit. It could be. Mm-hmm. But but that's more about if she gets the Oscar nom 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 in that movie – ends up at 30 million domestic total that's a win mm-hmm. because it really is she's got barbie coming up and when that makes 150 million domestic then that's all that matters and then she can do whatever she wants because she can always i mean it's a ryan reynolds situation right he's deadpool right and and she didn't get that with harley quinn right but she's gonna get that with barbie and yep. better for it yes. to be honest with yes. you um, let gaga take a crack at that uncrackable character it feels like and i think the person who's probably going to suffer the most mm-hmm. is david o. russell because your behavior is your behavior until you stop making money in terms of how hollywood sees you yes yeah absolutely yeah. yeah not in our eyes but like in hollywood's eyes if this movie was a hundred million dollars a lot of those things that people say about him wouldn't matter in the Hollywood discourse, but now they do because he's also he's been said to be difficult to work with, and he doesn't make money; he loses money. So that's not going to be somebody who's going to get their their pick of projects that they can get greenlit. And I think with him, it also comes down to his ability to get things greenlit really depends on the fact that he could get all these movie stars to do his movies because yes. he had the run where all the movies were hits. Everyone was getting Oscar nominations, Oscar wins, but then something like Amsterdam happens and it's a disaster at the box office. You put on the fact that he's got all these allegations against him, got all these things that people have had you know he yelled at people on sets and has been yeah those are those Those are are, documented yeah Yeah, absolutely so you add those up and then if you start to get a situation where actors are like i kind of don't want to work with him anymore whether it's because Mm -hmm. of that or whether because they're like well his movies aren't going to be hits anymore anyway yeah then he's in a position where he's not going to get stuff made because he gets things made because christian bale will be in his movie and margot robbie will be in his movie and you know listen amy adams who's got two Oscar nominations for David O. Russell movies, she said she would never work with him again because of of his behavior on set. That's the kind of thing that ends his career because if he can't get stars, then he can write a good script, but who cares? 
you know, as far as Hollywood is concerned. Exactly, because these kind of movies need stars. It's the only thing that's going to get them made. Right, right. So I think, yeah, I think Amsterdam obviously is the, the biggest loser of it is David O. Russell. He, the, he, he's in a in a bad spot coming off of this movie. Hmm. So, Pat Lyle Lyle Crocodile. We got to talk about it. I almost forgot. I was almost like, I think we did it. But we didn't do it because this no. was a movie we thought was going to overperform. Yep. And everybody thought was going to overperform. Yep. Because there was nothing for kids. The rats supposedly needed their cheese, but Lyle Lyle was not the cheese they were looking for. $11.5 million. That is so shocking. And even more shocking, it was in 4,350 wow. theaters, by far the biggest wide release this this whole weekend. I mean, this is a big, big release. And people just didn't want this. Kids just weren't into this. I I am flummoxed by this. I've got to admit. I mean, to put it in perspective, like you said, it had the most amount of screens. It was in 4,350 theaters. Its per theater average was $2,600. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam's per theater average was $2,163. So La La Crocodile had basically the same per theater average as Amsterdam, which we just talked about being a disaster. You know, wow, that it got so many theaters, but people were not going to see La La Crocodile. And it is surprising because we have not had a big kids movie come out since DC League of Super Pets, which came mm-hmm. out 11 weeks ago. Yeah, and is out geez. of the top 10. So what do we think was going on here? Do we think that kids and their families were that put off by La La Crocodile? I mean... Well, crocodiles aren't cute. Yeah. Like, they're not like Paddington, who's a bear. Mm-hmm. They're not like a rabbit that's fluffy like Peter Rabbit. Right, right, right. They're scaly... The- yeah, they're scaly and they're scary. They got teeth. And 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 also like the cast here, I know we talked about the cast as maybe a benefit last time. But I don't know. Maybe this maybe this wasn't a group of actors live action wise that anybody wanted to see. I I don't think that was the problem at all. I mean, I don't think Javier Bardem and Constance Wu a, I don't think anyone was in a position to be an actor who draws in this movie. You know, it mm-hmm. is a kid's movie. The animated cartoon character is the draw. You're right, because who's the lead in... Uh, uh, Donald Gleason is the lead in Peter Rabbit, right? Yeah, I mean... I think. The, the, all that, of the, he doesn't matter. No, all of those movies, you just need actors to be good and to make the experience bearable for the adults, which I'm sure Constance Wu and Javier Bardem did. And, and Brett I, Gelman. And Brett Gelman. And I think that Javier Bardem and Constance Wu are, no, they're liked, they're known, they they're had nothing to do with people rejecting this movie. It's mm-hmm. all on the crocodile. It is one, you know, we divvy up the millions when a movie is, is huge. Oh. If we divvy up the blame here, all of the blame goes to Lyle. None of the blame goes to Constance Wu. None of it goes to Javier Bardem. Lyle... I mean, listen, Lyle is not a movie star. Lyle uh, is a disaster at the box uh, office. As, a, uh, yeah. as, a, as an actor, as a character, he is the furthest thing from a movie star. Pat, box office-wise, Lyle is a bum. 100%. Lyle He's a is straight-up bum. bum. Lyle, it, it's, 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 if there were gates in around Hollywood, you know, that had a key to it to get into the city... At this point, Lyle, Lyle Crocodile would be walked outside of the city limits. Mm-hmm. A gate would swing closed behind him, locked, and someone would dangle a key and then snatch it and put it in their pocket and tell Lyle to go hit the bricks. Hit You're out of Hollywood. Kid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Go swim points. in the sewer. Yep. I mean, th- this is a, it's, it's such a bad, op- I mean, do we think. You know, because I have seen already, uh, you know, and from people who we hold in the highest esteem. I mean, I'll say Jeff Bach at Exhibit Relations Co. Immediately tweeting that he does think this is, movie is going to have legs because 
there's still just not much out for kids and it's going to have some clear runway before the next big kids release, which I guess is strange world from Disney on Thanksgiving weekend. So he thinks Lyle still has a chance to have legs. I mean, to me, that's hopeful thinking. I think Lyle is done. I think he's got it. The the stink of a bum, the stink of a loser on him. Yes. Yeah. I mean, unless this just jumps up so high on, uh, you know, tomorrow on Monday on the holiday day. Right. Because we're recording this Sunday night. So we're talking only three day, not the, the Monday. But I don't see that. I, I don't see it having legs. I mean, it, the post track, it's uh, kids under 12 liked it at 88 percent. But Kids also have to have guardians and parents, and if the parents aren't into it, then then they ain't seeing it again. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think the parents' enjoyment of this movie swings it either way. It's totally on the kids' enthusiasm for it. Yeah. And when a movie like this opens to only 11.5 in that many theaters in a time when there are no kids' movies out, yeah, it shows a complete lack of enthusiasm for the movie, for the property, and for the the star, which is Lyle himself. Now, now, you're so right, because impatience is something that kids just innately have. Right. They'll if they want it, they want it now. Yes. Like it's yes. the marshmallow test. It's yes. like you put the marshmallow, you tell them they're gonna get another one. They don't care. Give me the marshmallow now. Right. Right. And so it's so true. If they wanted Lyle they would want Lyle now. Yes. They're not going to want Lyle tomorrow or the next day or next week or two weeks from now. They right. want Lyle now. Right, right. Because And it's when not like people movie... don't know about this movie. It's not like it's not everywhere. And it's not like it's not on every fucking goddamn screen right. in America. Because right. it is. It's everywhere. Lyle is everywhere. He's got his face everywhere. And he flopped. And this is completely on Lyle. You know, Lyle is... Just another in that long line of of big stars that Hollywood wanted to make that yep. people rejected. You know, he's up there with, uh, you know, who's the actor who played like John McClane's son in the fourth Die Hard and Taylor Kitsch. You know, Kip, Kip Pardue. He's Kip, Kip Pardue. Kip Pardue, Taylor Kitsch. You know, the all of those actors who kept getting shots and Hollywood thought this is the next guy. And Lyle is Taylor Kitsch. Lyle yep. is someone who they they you know, and I don't think Lyle's gonna have a Ryan Reynolds situation because Ryan Reynolds was that guy for years. Hollywood kept trying to make him a star, people kept rejecting it. But I don't think Lyle's ever gonna get his Deadpool that makes no, him a no. star. You no, know, not Lyle's not going to be Deadpool. Lyle's not going to get second chances. This was it. Being mm-hmm. the crocodile was your shot, and you blew it. He Lyle blew it. blew it this weekend, and I think he is washed up. I don't think this is going to have legs. You know, when a kid's movie has legs, it's because the kids want to see it over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, it's not because the kids are saying, you know what, mom, let's do something else this weekend. And then next weekend, we'll go see La La Crocodile. Yeah, yeah. No, they're grabbing at your 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 right. your clothes and, and saying, no, I want it now. I want it now. And they Lyle, did not say I want that. Lyle now. They did not yeah. say that. He does not have that kind of charisma, does not have that kind of star power. Wow. So he just, so Lyle... The crocodile, yeah, should get flushed. Should get flushed. Yes, wow. I mean it's it's always dangerous to flush a crocodile because you never know where they go. Or they might come up and you know bite your little their, your, your little bum. Right, get you at your most vulnerable. So so I wouldn't say flush it, but I think just like you know lock it outside the city gates of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, tell Lyle. Find another uh, another line of work because show so you don't think there's it. a world where Lyle gets locked out. We agree that's got to happen. Got to happen. And then you know does his time doing small indie movies, maybe not being the star, maybe not being you know top three build, maybe just popping in here and there as a uh-huh. guy where you're like, oh, you know, Lyle's showing some some different scales here. Right, right, right. Can he get back to stardom at some point? You know, he, you know, he had his shot. It right. didn't 
come come that way, and then we see that he actually has more dimension. I do think that is very unlikely because when you're talking a crocodile, it really is star or nothing. You yeah. know, I think Lyle either had a shoot to the top right off the bat, or it's not going to happen. I don't see character actor stick around for a long time type of run for Lyle, mm-hmm. Lyle Crocodile. I think I think this was the shot. This is not going to be a hit. This is not going to be a franchise. And Lyle, Lyle Crocodile is not going to be Paddington, is not going to be Peter Rabbit, is not going to be a movie star. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like I'm going extra hard on on Lyle because we predicted this movie to do so well and it came in so disappointing. It's not personal. It just is what it is, you know, and this movie flopped and the only one to blame is Lyle himself. Yeah, it's all it all falls on his narrow shoulders. Do you think that kids were lured to any other movies this weekend instead of La La Crocodile? Like, I mean, I guess at a certain age, you know, because La La Crocodile was really for younger kids, but 10 to 13-year-olds who maybe would have went if this was good, are they going to see Smile instead, you know, like sneaking I in? Mean, or From what you were describing about Terrifier 2, maybe they were all like, let's just get traumatized. Maybe. Maybe. I mean... Were they down with the sickness? Maybe. I mean, I, I, you look at this top 10 and it's just stunning that La La Crocodile did so poorly. Because there there's was nothing else. Nothing there's else. literally nothing else other than DC League of Super Pets, which is currently in 1,311 theaters and has right. been out for 11 weekends. Right. That's there's and Minions. Minions has been out for 15 weekends. It made half a million dollars. There's no way that kids were drawn to that over Lyle. Yeah. And yeah. Lyle's for really young kids. And I don't even think League of Super Pets is for really young kids. I mean, that could be the thing is that it was just aimed too, too young. young. Too yeah. young. But I mean, watching that trailer. It was going for an audience that would have seen Minions and would have seen DC League of Super Pets. It I mean, it was going it for the sing audience. It was going for, right. it was like Paddington, but what if Paddington sang? Yes, yes. This wasn't it, Teletubbies. It wasn't no. aimed at babies. No, no. It's not like ba- Baby, uh, what was that? What is that? Uh, uh, baby Bluey? Or Baby Einstein or whatever. No, this is not a Baby Einstein situation. No, this was a kid's movie aimed at kids between you know five and 13 14 the clifford audience yes clifford the big red dog audience no this this was a movie that should have done much better than i mean you were you pointed out on our preview episode what clifford uh the big red dog did in its opening weekend and it was more than date and it was day and date and And there were still pandemic concerns yeah that movie Came out in, uh, let's see, it opened at $16 million in November of 2021. Yeah. I I I think it was, it would have been nuts for us to say that this movie was going to do less than that. Yeah. And uh, well, listen, we get it, Clifford. Well, I mean, listen, here it is. Clifford's a star and Lyle yeah. is not. Mm-hmm. That is what it comes down to. As much as we may say Clifford is passe. He's from an older generation. Clifford is a star. Clifford is a star that resonates. Clifford is a star that you know, and Lyle is a bum. Yeah. All right, Pat. Well, I think we did it, but we do have a few emails or at least one big email we need to get to. Yeah. Well, we got an email from Danny... Over at Ice Screen, you scream four movies, number four. Number four. Uh, sent us a great uh, Photoshop of the Smile girl from Smile, from the poster of Smile. And it's, he said, over a game called Death Smile. So okay. A, oh, no. There's a video game called Death Stranding. So he photoshopped her face into the game, and there's also a Paramount logo 
there and the logo for Smile. So I do not play that game, Death Stranding. I don't play any video games, but I would imagine that if you do play Death Stranding, this Photoshop that he sent that I'm describing would resonate for sure. Yes. It would definitely resonate. So we obviously spent a lot of time in our last episode talking about the Knives Out 2 situation. Yes. With Netflix. Listen to that episode. We don't have time to catch you up on it. No, no. It's must listen, though. And it's evergreen, you know, content for sure. But Reed, one of B.O. Boy Reed, sent us his Winners and Losers edition for what he's calling Green Onions. Yes. Which I don't know if is a knock against Netflix or the movie makers or what, but I like it. Whatever it is. I like it. Is green like, is an onion bad if it's green? Is that a sign that is it is turned? No, green onions are the different shaped onions. They're like the scallions. Uh, got it. Got are it, also got known it. as green onions. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. But Reed's, Reed's, Reed's always got a spicy take, so yes. I know he's got something going there. Yeah. Winners is the audiences. Another choice over the Thanksgiving weekend, especially for those who do not want to see another Disney superhero slash animated film. Losers also audiences trying to get a weekend ticket to Glass Onion when it's only on 600 screens and Disney has already booked the largest screens for its November movies. Great point, Reed. Yep. Winner, Netflix, free promotion as word of mouth builds and satisfies both audiences and theater auditoriums that would normally be near empty. Loser, this is a big one, and I agree with this. Mm-hmm. Lionsgate, for companies scratching the bottom of the barrel by producing a Hunger Games prequel, they'd let the Knives Out franchise slip away. Yeah, let's That's, let's stick on that for one second. Yes. I think we'll do one more of his winner or losers. Um, but that is, it is, it is uh, uh, really crazy that Lionsgate let the Knives Out sequels go to Netflix, that they didn't bid enough to keep these because... This should have been their new John Wick. This should have been their new, uh, uh, not the girl with the dragon tattoo. What was their Jennifer Lawrence series? The Hunger Games. This could have been their new Hunger Games. This should have been their new franchise. They had the first one and then they they let this go. So we don't talk about that enough. The -hmm. fact that the only reason we're in this debacle, the reason that we're in this situation where knives out movies are going to be straight to netflix is because lionsgate didn't spend enough to keep them at lionsgate yeah so th- they that dropped is the ball the so hard yeah. they dropped the ball so hard and then just one more winner one more loser that's sure. it winner the bo boys girls people unlimited analysis of netflix trying this new release schedule huge mm-hmm. loser the bo intern that has to call each theater and figure out how many tickets sold math uh, hope the BO intern is a CPA. Yeah, that we we have promised that even though the deal struck between AMC and Netflix is that numbers will not be reported for this limited run for Knives Out Two, the BO boys we're gonna lead it. We're gonna spearhead a team of box office specialists, and we're gonna get these numbers. We're gonna absolutely find a way to get these numbers when Knives Out Two goes into theaters. So and, whether and then, it's us, whether it's an intern, it'll probably be an intern. Yeah. Someone is going to be calling these movie theaters and figuring out what the, these numbers are. And then Reed closes with, love the show, Reed. Well, you know what, Reed? We love you. Yes, we do. Great emails and, as always and uh, great analysis there. I love a winners and losers column. It's great. Anything. Yeah, keep yeah. them coming, Reed. And uh, we love all our B.O. boys, B.O. girls, and B.O. people. People. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I I, I uh, it's wannabe o boys. Yeah, yeah, we love wanna all of our wannabe o boys, wannabe o girls, and wannabe o people. People, yes, of course. Um, we're the bo boys. Yeah, yeah. So, Pat, where can they email us? Their winners and losers, or whatever they'd like to email us. Oh, email. and tell us how disgusting Terrifier Two is. Describe some of the scenes for us. We'd love that. I know. I would love to just know that someone in our audience went to go see this movie. Mm-hmm. Just, just even knowing that you know we've got got some sick freaks out there. It's always it's always good to know. Warms my heart, especially this time of year. Yeah. 
So email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your winners and losers of just different facets of life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, send us your thoughts on the whole Knives Out 2, Netflix, AMC, limited release situation. Let us know if you think we went too hard on Lyle today, calling him a bum, saying he should be locked outside of Hollywood. Did we Flush. go too far? That we well, we did walk back flushing him mm-hmm. because of the troubles it could the cause. Inherent dangers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't want people getting bit bit in the in the bum. bums. Yeah. So we walked back the flushing, but did we go too far calling Lyle a bum? Or did we not go far enough? Let yes. us know. Email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. And, and and with that, if you're in Lyle's inner circle, if you're somebody who knows him, who 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 is friends with him, who's a family member who loves him, if you want to defend Lyle, I mean, go ahead. Like we want to hear that, but we also want to hear how he's feeling. We want to hear yeah. how he's feeling with these numbers. Yeah, yeah. And listen, love to have him on the show. You know what I will say about Lyle? Positives. And okay. I know the weekend isn't over. But we have not seen a Twitter screed from him. Mm-hmm. Lyle mm-hmm. has not come out and said this is like uh, he's not he's not trying to defend his film in any way, and he's I mean, I, antagonizing people, which I appreciate. Listen, we applaud anyone who stays off of Twitter. Yes, so so I that's, guess good for Lyle. But to be fair, we also haven't checked, so I don't know if Lyle is tweeting or not true so i will check and then we will amend this on thursday if he has gone off his rocker yeah 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 and and pulled a john rocker so i think we've done it we have done it and there's nothing left to say no except until next time we'll smell you at the box office Nailed it.